In today's bonus episode, join us as real estate heavyweights have a chance to go some extra rounds into this week's topic. Hey everyone, I'm here with Tiffany Ford. Hey Tiffany. Hi. Hi, and she is uh, with EXP Realty out of Berriesville, Virginia. (laughs) We need to hear your thick accent, girl. Berryville. Berryville. So one of, we were talking about how many listings can a single agent hold Mm -hmm. and like some best practices around it. And I wanted to have you on because you used to work for a really high producing agent at Keller Williams and you were like the main administrator, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what was your experience with how many she could do like with you or how did that work for you guys? So we used to carry, um, you know, before she started her team, we used to carry somewhere between uh, 20 and 35 listings or 20 and 35 active files. Some of those were pending um, at any given time. Okay. And that's buyers and sellers? That's buyers and sellers. Okay. So our office did have a courier. So if we had like brochures or something that needed to be delivered, we I would just get them printed and ready and put them give them to the person who coordinated the courier. Oh, that's nice. That and makes that sense a lot. Yeah. And that was like writer signs, open house signs, brochures, all that kind of stuff. If you and didn't have that, what do you think, like how would that have impacted you guys from a, a being able to hold so many clients at one time? It really depends on how many hours you're willing to work, right? Um, because <laughs> Oh, I, Okay. I didn't work nine to five. Um, a lot of that time I worked like, uh, eight to seven or eight to 10, or depending on how many listings were going active that week, I just put in extra hours to cover it. Mm. And it actually, it wasn't super complicated because it was just the two of us. And I understood how she thought and we kind of had a rhythm going. Yeah. So it worked okay. What became complicated is when we added more agents to the mix. Um, it actually was a much lower level of files I was comfortable handling because everyone wanted it done a little bit differently. Interesting. So there wasn't really efficiencies inside of that necessarily that you saw. Um, I mean, we had some systems, but it was like, you know, I called this county on this day and this county on this day and everybody gets their updates. And if, you know, if we had six listings in a week, that was a lot. Cause I did, I went to the property and took notes. Um, I did all the MLS input. I coordinated the photographer and often met the photographer. So it was a lot of out of office time. But you were doing that when it was just you and her too, right? Or no? Yeah, I was doing that when it was just me and her. And then when the other agents came on, parts of that they wanted to do and parts of it they wanted me to do. Okay. And it wasn't that it was more like physical time invested in the work so much as just that trying to keep track of everybody's mindset was a lot more complex than just two people with the rhythm working together. No, that makes... That makes sense. And I think that brings up a good point about everybody, you know, there are systems can help us, of course, Mm -hmm. but then there is just stuff that we have to do that like a computer or a system like can't do. And the more, Mm -hmm. it seems like if there's a lot more strain that can cause you if you have to change. So like they always do say, if you're changing from one topic to the next, it's like 20 minutes before you actually recover. Yeah. So if you have five agents every day, if you change from one to the other, you're already like an hour behind. 
Well, and I think honestly, if they all had just done everything the same way, like if we had onboarded everyone saying, this is how it works with this team. And if you don't do it this way, there's the door. Right. Um, it probably would have been a lot smoother and a lot more manageable. Sure. Um, but having to make those adjustments every time definitely made it cumbersome. Yeah, that makes sense. So from your point of view with a high producing agent and one mm-hmm. strong admin, it's 20 to 35 listings, but that is not like both of the agent and the administrator working for it. It's, 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 it was, yeah, in my experience, it was more. But I also, the agent I was working with was extremely driven and worked pretty much all the time. So yes, I know her. Yeah. You kind of had to keep up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she was busy. I always busy. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about how many, like an agent can do if they don't have an administrator? There's so many layers to that. It depends mm-hmm. on how hands-on they are, mm-hmm. how hands-on the client needs them to be mm-hmm. and what, what systems they use. Like right. a lot of agents don't go to the property to take notes before they do the brochure. They do their listing appointment. They take notes then, and that's enough. Right. Um, but they're also, if they're doing their running, so you, whatever you're right. saving, you may be adding it on a different, at different places. Right. right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, there's layers to that, but I would say without administrative help, probably not more than 15, maybe 20. If some of them are like land listings or vacant listings and the people don't really want a lot of contact. Right. Or if they are doing like a lot of listings, period. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be less if it's buyers or whatever. Mm -hmm. But Right. If you're working with buyers, it's definitely going to go down that number. Yeah. Right. For sure. A lot. (laughs) Right. A lot, like a lot, a lot. Like I've found that for every buyer that you have, you could actually in that time do like three listings. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you found? Yeah. I would say that's, I mean, again, depending on the buyer, but on average. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I really appreciate your perspective as always. Thank you very much, Tiffany. Anytime. Have a good one. You too. All right. Hey everyone. I'm here with Ty Keating. Hi Ty. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. And he is with Keller Williams Elite out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So Ty, we were talking about how many listings can you handle as an agent before you're doing a disservice to the seller? What do you think? I think it really becomes dependent on the individual and how much they can handle uh, from a personal standpoint. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to have a little bit more bandwidth to handle than others. But I think it comes down to systems. And if you have the right systems in place and you're willing to leverage, you can do 50, 60, 100, 200, just depending yeah. on the systems and what you put around you. Um, so, What do you think, like, what systems do you need in order to do, like, that many? So for myself, I do between 45 and 55 deals a year pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. And I have the opportunity to do more. My goal and my number one reason for being in real estate is to, to help others and to keep that family life balance. I've got a beautiful wife and two girls. If I start working too much and doing too many deals, I definitely (laughs) into the unhappy wife category and I'm on the phone too much and I can feel that and they can feel that. And that's where we kind of dial it back a little bit. And maybe I utilize my team to, to give some extra business to, so I can still get a referral. Um, But for the most part, I think what it comes down to is from an individual perspective, 45 to 55 seems to be a pretty good, happy medium for me. Mm -hmm. It allows me to have, you know, six to 10 under contract at any given time, 
Right. Um, in the spring, as real estate agents, we know you're going to have more than that. Yeah. I've got 13 under contract right now. And then when you get to October, November, December, it, it might be a little bit on the lighter side. Right. So I like to have about 30 people that I'm really engaged with at any given time. And what I mean by that is you've got six to 10, or maybe it's the spring and you have 10 to 12 or 13 under contract. Mm -hmm. You obviously have some homes that are on the market. You're actively marketing, right? But you're doing your weekly touches with those sellers and, right. and to keep your numbers where you need them, you probably need, you know, seven to 10 active on the market. Um, and then yeah. as, as real estate agents, we know you can't just snap your fingers and a seller's ready to list their house. <laughs> we um, wish we could. I wish. I mean, usually <laughs> it's, it, it's quite the opposite a lot of times, right? They meet, they want to hire the agent that can list their house in three days. And then when they really get into it, they realize they're two months away from listing. They yeah. have to paint. They have to change carpet. Right. They've got something with the shrubs out front. It just takes time. They think so they're ready. Yeah. So that they can be ready. And, and then they have to think about the next step. All right. Am I buying? Am I renting? Am I moving out of the area? Mm -hmm. What, what does that step look like? Have I gotten pre-qualified so that I know if I can move up or am I downsizing? Right. Um, especially in these times, it's important for sellers to get that information. So they need to have a plan B too, because they may not, yeah, they may not find exactly what they're looking for or whatever. Exactly. So, but so I that like, point, oh, sorry, go ahead. To that point, you probably need eight to 10, you know, in the, in the pipeline that are going to be coming yep. in the next one to two months. And you probably have some of those people that are, if I find the right house, I'll move. Don't right. discount those people. That's it's hard. To, it's hard to know where they fall in the queue because they can go from a D seller to an A seller with one listing coming out in the market. Right. That's true. No, that is true. It is. Those people are frustrating though. <laughs> they, they can be. It, you can't build your business around them um, because right. it's just too inconsistent. Yeah. But you absolutely kind of like new construction. It's like found money when they're ready. Right. right. You maintain that relationship. Because they decide quickly because they know exactly what they're looking for. And you're not showing them 10 houses. They're, you're, they're looking at one because they've already driven past it. They know half the neighbors, like whatever it is. Right. They know more about the house than you do. They're not calling us to give us information on the house. They're calling because no. they found the right one. Right. I want to pull out two points um, that I think are really good that you made. One, like if you can stay, um, cause we do coaching too. And we recommend like between 25 and 40 people that you're actively, like you mentioned like a clients, these are like your a people you're actively engaged with working with them. I think that in general, that is a good bandwidth, like any more than that to your point, it's like, there's something that's going to suffer and it's mm -hmm. likely your family life. Right. Right. So right. I really enjoyed that point. And then the second thing you said, which I think a lot of people forget, it's like when we get busy, we stop generating leads, but then it's like, well, then you don't make money because when you, right? So like what you said was perfect. It's like, okay, I'm still generating, but I just refer out and then refer mm -hmm. to your team or whoever else. And that way you keep your pipeline going and you're never like on the roller coaster, the realtor roller coaster. That roller coaster is a dangerous ride. It's it really just sick for sure. <laughs> it's just so hard to plan and budget. And, and yeah, you know, no matter who you listen to, you, you can read all kinds of books about real estate. You can listen to the Gary Kellers, of the world, obviously I'm with KW. So, yeah. so that's a, a big inspiration for us. 
but Simon Sinek, whoever you want to listen to, whoever, right? Really, what it comes down to is when you are at peak business, mm-hmm. you absolutely have to keep focus on the next business. Yes. You can't just focus on getting the one deal closed that you're working on, right. even though maybe that needs to be your laser focus for a day or whatever the situation, Right. because uh, we all know that happens. Mm-hmm. But you have to stay consistent and make sure that you are still generating business or what's going to happen is, you know, as, as especially as listing agents, as buyer's agents, you might get a paycheck after meeting someone 30 or 60 days down the road. Right. As, as a listing agent, I find that my paychecks are 60, 90, 120 days past my, right. you know, initial conversation with that client. Yeah, or longer, but yeah, or you're longer, right. Or, for right. sure, or longer. So if I go, you know, if I get 12 or 15 homes under contract and I'm just feeling, you know, swamped and I've got eight on the market and four of them are sitting there and I don't know what to do because right. uh, they're in, in the tougher price point for your region. Um, and I won't use numbers because I think you got to keep your focus hyper local right, uh, when it comes to how real estate is impacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you've got to do is you've got to make sure that you don't have an empty pipeline later, because yeah. if you're focusing on the 20 people and you still have bandwidth for another 10 or 20 that you need to be working on filling the pipe, that, that pipeline, you know, you can have all your closings by the end of June. And if you look at your board and you're like, all right, well, I've met with two people in the last 30 days. So what's right. July, August, and September going to look like? Nothing. You know? It's going to look like nothing. <laughs> exactly. You're going to be right. on that roller coaster, right? You're feeling great. You're looking at you're looking at it. You're counting your bank account. I try not to count any money until closing day. It's a good idea. Don't do check. it. Yes. Um, but you're looking at it, You're like, man, I'm going to make some really good money over the next mm-hmm. month. But if you don't take the next step and continue to follow up with people and generate more business, then if you look at your calendar and your forecast three months down the road, it's going to be a big fat goose egg. Right. And that's, no, that's you're not right. Fun. You're right. Well, I really appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You too. We hope you enjoyed diving deeper into this week's topic with our real estate heavyweights. If you're interested in becoming a featured heavyweight, please reach out through our toe to toe podcast, Facebook page. 